0: So, we are here with the Shadow Gals and we tell you stories about Irish mythology, anything that really takes our fancy. So, I'm Orla Devlin.
1: I'm
2: Deirdre Quinn. And I am Emily Collins.
0: Great. So, today we are going to be discussing food in, in mythology. I like food. Yeah. Yum, yum, yum. It is honestly my favourite topic to talk about. Oh, same. Yeah. Same, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, we have cake. Yes. We do. We have cake. So, if you hear some munching, Mm. Uh, Emily did you make the cake no
2: um I walked Mimi down to Herbert Park and there's a food market on every Sunday
0: oh ah, so I lovely. got some
2: freshly baked
0: things ah so it's there's really, really delicious chocolate ones. Got like lemon an Oreo in them
2: yeah it's like an Oreo brownie and a Bakewell tart and then uh, actually the lemon cake was made by my mum.
0: ah thanks Emily's mum.
2: yeah Thank my mum is the best
0: yeah. Oh, so, as you can probably tell, that food brings people together. It does. It's very important. It's very, very important. And I think that's why it's so common in myths and fairy tales, because it's one of the like great universalities mm-hmm. of the world, you know?
1: Oh, definitely. Like, when you have friends over for cake, okay, when you have friends over for food, it becomes more of an event rather than just, I need this as I need this nutrients. as sustenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. It. It's, yeah. it's, it's really like, it is that feeling of, not a party, but it's a, a welcoming sight. Who yeah. said
2: yeah. Uh, something like um a party without cake is just a meeting? <laughs>
1: someone said that. Like
2: it's that. very true. Yeah. 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 And there's the Irish thing, like as soon as someone crosses your threshold, you must offer them tea. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yes. do you want tea? Do you
0: want a biscuit? You get out like all the good biscuits. Yes. From Are you from sure? the tin, you know. I go on. I go on, I I you go on. Want. Custard cream, jammy Go on, go on, go on, go on. Oh, go on, go on.
1: <laughs> oh um, Dad won't be eating that. He's diabetic. Oh no, we won't be having that. Why don't you have it? I'll be I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Don't worry about him. He'll sort himself out with his drink. <laughs> <talks>. He'll be <laughs> fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine.
0: Yeah. Um, there was a study done with prison officers, or like the the you know that committee where like pe- they pardon people yeah. or whatever. The parole the, board. The parole board, maybe that uh, they are more lenient to people after their lunch and they are the least lenient before their lunch oh, so that's it's mad. like it really does affect your, your mood, mood. same just, with yeah. sentencing hmm? yeah exactly with your sentencing like if you get off on parole yeah. or get pardoned mm-hmm. or whatever like just hope that you have
1: someone before your lunch appointment, your
0: appointment after lunch yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. what if you bring a snack that you can offer them is that is that bribery uh, is that bribery yeah. who knows no um or like i re- i actually only saw this like yesterday it was a guardian article or something mm. that another study was done that like international negotiations actually go better if people are sharing a meal together oh yeah ah. so like a family style you know like you have something in the middle of the table and everyone takes from the pot yeah and like that so yeah yeah because yeah. you're, you're having to cooperate exactly oh, like you know I think, yeah, it's just something so carnal in us yeah. that it uh, can't yeah. be ignored. Yeah. You know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. When you feel your hunger pangs.
1: <laughs> well, you're probably talking to the girl who's probably got the worst hangry condition that there is. Oh, stop. So the amount, amount of times when I've run out the door and I didn't have breakfast and I've had to meet up with, say, friends or whoever it is, I get the moodiest, <laughs> moodiest if I don't get my, if I get my food. The way I try to describe it to people is that I'm just one giant baby. If I don't <laughs> get enough sleep, if I don't get enough food, okay, you will have hell to pay yeah. when you get to meet that deirdre. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well,
2: you should treat yourself like a small child. Make sure you're fed, make sure you get enough sleep, make sure you're occupied.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Have something to cuddle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's always
2: good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, what stories are we telling today, gals?
2: Oh, yeah. Stories. I, I was looking at... Stories involving food and eating, and just going through my sort of list of stories I have. And it's like okay, cannibalism, 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 cannibalism <laughs> implied cannibalism. <laughs> oh. uh, and then so- I, I half remembered an Irish story about food and the importance of hospitality. Oh yeah, it's one Deirdre might know. So hopefully, uh, when I get things wrong, you can tide me over. But it involves everyone's favourite god. The Dagda!
1: Dagda! Oh, the Dagda.
2: (laughs) So those of you who have uh, um, missed us talking about the Dagda before, we should do a full episode on the Dagda. We should. Oh, gosh. This is great. The Dagda was sort of the all-father figure of the Tuatha Dé Danann, the Irish kind of gods. They weren't like typical gods. They didn't. Praying to them didn't really mean they were going to pay attention and generally you wanted them not to pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. But they were knocking around Ireland before the humans came along. Uh, had a big thing with the Fomorian but the dagda he was the builder he was the big jolly thing he could have been king but that was too serious he was having he just he, he liked building mountains and palaces and having fun and he loved food mm-hmm. in fact one of his great treasures was the cauldron of plenty that no matter how many people sat down to eat from it they would all leave full so he liked his food and well the Dan were having their big battle with the Fomorian. There was a, a sort of a little truce going on while they got things organized. And the Femorian decided they were going to try to humiliate the Dagda. And if he can do that, that's quite a feat because he's a guy who doesn't really care about uh, public appearance. And he, he had a motto like he cannot do what is not right, which basically means as soon as he does something, it becomes right.
0: Ah, yes. Yeah, he's I a bit like of a, that little loophole. Yeah, he's a
2: bit of a loophole character. Mm-hmm. But they invite the Dagda to a feast. And their plan is they're going to show him such great hospitality that they're going to look brilliant. But he's not going to be able to eat all his food. And hospitality, it went both ways. way. You had to be a good host, but you had to be a good guest. And part of being a good guest was eating all that was put in front of you. You have to clean your plate. Something Irish mammies have continued yeah, to do. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> just going to have
0: flashbacks. <laughs> Indeed.
2: So the Fomorian invite the Dagda. And they have decided they're going to make porridge. To Dagda's pleased, he loves porridge. And they they dig this huge trench that they're using to cook the porridge. And they cook it and it's mountains of porridge. But the Dagda is just eating and eating and eating. And he's thrilled because he loves porridge Mm. and he loves food. And he's eating and eating. And they are running out of porridge. So they start just throwing whole oxen in to try to fill it up to make more food. But the Dagda just keeps eating and eating and eating eating and he's having a great time he's getting fed he's having a conversation he's singing a few songs and the are going this isn't working he's going to eat us out of house and home so eventually there's a okay meal's over and the dagger rises up going grand thanks lads had a great time and his belly is so swollen that as he walks it's practically dragging along the ground uh this description's like his tunic is riding up all over the place but he's happy he's fed yeah, things are going well going for a nap I know, he, he could. So he's, he's wandering home thinking, yeah, I'll have a nap, I'll play the music of sleep, that'll be nice. Uh, but as he walks home, he bumps into a very, very pretty lady who is either a fairy woman or a Femorian princess. And the dagger likes the best things in life. And this woman, even though he's got this huge swollen swammer, thinks, ah, he's, he seems like a bit of all right. And uh, so they, they get chatting and they decide it's a lovely night let's uh let's enjoy the, the pleasures moon of life is
1: high in the sky the sparkle isn't in the stars or in their yeah. eyes dagda's got
0: that big yeah. belly energy yeah this is this, this, <laughs> this is how the
2: dagda rolls
1: and anyway they uh they,
2: they lie down to get you know started and things but the problem is his stomach is so full of porridge it's um she she can't get close enough to the, uh, yeah to the important bits and his heart his heart, yes, that's what she just
1: wants to get close to his heart. There's also with too a much description porch. she's leaving out as well for good reason.
2: <laughs> and um, anyway, she gets fed up with this, so basically starts to jump on his stomach like like a trampoline, bouncing yeah. castle, bouncing, 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 oh, 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 and eventually oh, oh. the force of her jumping on his stomach <sighs> removes the problem. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. and there is now a uh, a a large pile of uh, formerly porridge. <laughs> but this turns out <laughs> yes, to be great because uh, the Fomorian, uh, annoyed that they could not humiliate the Dagda, that he was such a great ho- great guest even, they have now got their swords and they're charging after him because he's no longer in their ho- house, they're no longer bound by the laws of hospitality and they figure he's not going to be able to be you know, up to his full fighting strength with that belly of porridge. And they run past... But the Dagda and the Fairy Lady are able to hide behind this pile of... Former porridge. Yeah, former porridge. <laughs> and the Femorean just run off. And uh, they uh, move away slightly and enjoy themselves. <laughs> and the Dagda goes back, having had a very enjoyable evening. Mm-hmm. So that is
1: um, that is a very inappropriate story about the Dagda and porridge. Well, you did censor a certain part of it that <laughs> I... I, I... I, I'd, I'd like to bring up, if that's oh, okay. Yes. Oh, it may traumatise a fair few <laughs> listeners, and I know it's traumatised me. So, with the description after he left the party and he ate all the food, he had a swollen belly. When he had, we have all had that domino food coma kind of thing, and all you want to do is lie down for a while. But with the amount of food that the Dagda consumed parts of his body were actually covered by other parts of his body and as he was trying to walk to eventually meet this lady all of his as let's call, say in detective Pikachu all the way down to his jellies <laughs> had dragged behind him and carved actually wasn't it some of the uh, the valleys the valleys of the country yeah
2: what yeah, yeah his penis dragging in the earth made ditches and valleys. Yeah. Now, sometimes uh, they say (laughs) it was his staff, because the Dagda um, had this magical staff that, you know, if you hit you with one end, you'll kill you, hit you with the other, it'll bring you back to life. But with the Dagda, almost everything becomes a euphemism, so his staff... Completely. (laughs) Yeah, completely. Mm. Uh, the, since we're talking about genitals, there there is another <laughs> bit in that story. Well, well, we've just
1: opened the floodgates. It's, it's easy <laughs> yeah. like a Sunday morning yeah. on all
2: levels. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's eleven
0: um... o'clock on a Sunday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm meant to be a mass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. Well, when when the lady is jumping up and down on him, um, it, it, it's not just the contents of his stomach that comes out, but he's uh, he... Other contents, Con- t- content, content. Yeah. Um, but um, his testicles fall out. What? The force of it coming out takes his testicles with it, and <laughs> the Dagda. Um, I'm just imagining like a cannonball going. Poo! Yeah, and the Dagda, when he realises this, uh, looks around, realising he's missing some things. Um, so picks up three stones, three boulders, and sort of shoves them down, and those become his testicles.
0: Why three? Did did he? That bit? Did he just want to accessorise?
2: I don't know. I don't know if the Dagda originally had three testicles, or if he was like, well, you know. Uh, just in case I lose them again, have a spare.
0: Have a spare, yeah.
2: I don't know. I I heard this from a storyteller in the National Leprechaun Museum, who um well actually I heard it from two, so I'm fairly certain it's reliable. But to both of them, so yeah. I've heard it from two different sources. Yeah. But it's yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that boy. <laughs> oh my good god. Yeah. But that is filth.
2: Yeah, it's it, it's a filthy story. But, but bringing yeah. you back, it does talk show a lot about the importance. Of hospitality. Oh, yes. Because, like, if you know your ancient Greek mythology, the hospitality was a huge thing and obeying the laws of hospitality, or else the gods would get really pissed off and put horrible curses upon you. Uh, but mostly, when you talk about hospitality, you're talking about the duty of the host mm-hmm. to provide for their guests, to not attack their guests, to make sure guests don't attack each other. But there was a duty on the guest to be a good guest, which meant not just, you know, don't attack people, yeah. but. Eat what you are given, accept your, the hospitality, be gracious about it, Yeah. Um, clean your plate, mm-hmm. which is a very Irish thing. Yeah.
1: Like, a clean plate means, uh, just because you have a full belly, that means you've got happy guests.
0: Yeah. And like, I'm is, actually fascinated by, uh, like, hospitality cultures across mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in Italy or whatever, like, you have to ask for seconds or else it's considered rude. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Really like, if you have this, like, Italian granny and you eat all your pasta or whatever and she like more... And you say no, it obviously means that you didn't like her food, oh, you know. So gosh, you have to take <laughs> seconds. And then in Japan, if you clean your plate, that's actually considered impolite. Oh, because yeah. it means the chef didn't give you enough, enough food. Enough oh my food word! And you're still hungry. You know, know isn't it just so fascinating oh, really the is. psychology yeah. behind it? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's really yeah, it's so that. entrenched. It's yeah. so entrenched, and there's so many odd rules about it that like yeah. you would slip up.
1: Oh, goodness, you yes. you did know,
0: you know?
1: And when it comes to it as well, it's kind of like, I, I didn't know about the, the Italian grandmother rule of you must always ask for seconds. But I'd always, it's always like, I'm, I'm sure on many other people's bucket lists to actually go and visit Japan and just to see what it's like. Yeah. Because they have so many different ways of approaching things than we do. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's just fascinating. Yeah,
0: and you it know. is tied around food as well. Yeah, like, like sushi culture is just yeah. food. Is, yeah, you know, or the tea culture. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You That's
1: know? A, um because I'm a big Lions girl. I do like my Lions tea. Um, and I have fallen out with many friends if they drink berries and I drink Lions. There's been a few debates. Heated debates. I don't think we, we can talk to each
0: other anymore, to be honest.
1: Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Kind of I, we're, I, we're feeling, I know, there's mm-hmm. the tension, there's the mm-hmm. tension, there's tea tension. Um, but it's uh, it's one of those things of, the joke always is, oh, if you're a Dublin girl, or if you're from Dublin, you drink Lions. but if you're from the country, you drink Berries. And this has fallen into many, many fights, especially with that certain storyteller who has these two ends as well. Ah. Um, but this whole culture around tea and how, I, th- I think it is in China that they've got a clay teapot. And you can, only way of preserving the teapot is by just keep making, putting the water mm-hmm. through the teapot to keep it preserved. Otherwise, it's going to crack and dry out was and that just shatter. Was an episode of Sherlock? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. yeah. That's usually how I get to know things. <laughs> but it's, um I just love that idea of the tradition behind making the cup of tea. Mm. Or
2: With tea a china up, teapot,
1: well. you, you don't wash it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Then, so the more tea you make it, the sort of, it absorb some of the essence so the tea will taste better the more tea you make yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. it's kind of like your cast skillet iron or yeah. something do you yeah know? yeah okay, you have to on. season it
1: yes exactly yeah,
0: yeah
1: and then if you make with loose tea you can read the tea leaves oh. oh yeah my nana used to be able to do that or claim she used
2: to
0: do that anyway have you have you ever done it
2: i have tried when i was younger but um i ran into a slight problem of uh, i'm a dunker oh ah, yes yeah uh, uh, okay okay What does the bit of soggy biscuit stuck at the bottom mean?
0: (laughs) You can can read biscuits
1: uh, like this.
0: (laughs) Oh Oh, God! So, what story do you Mm. have for us? Well, I've got
1: um, I've got two. So I don't know which one. Um, I know you've heard one of them before. Emily's heard one of these stories I tell quite a bit in the museum about a fear darig, which was uh, fear darig is the Irish way of saying red man, and it depending where you're in the country. Um, and the Fear darrig was seen as a, a type of a solitary fairy, just like the leprechaun was. Um, he had a red cap, red cape, a rat's tail, pinched nose like a rat. But he was mostly well known for stealing children. Um, but like the leprechaun, he could grant you three wishes. Now, there's a story about the Fear Darragh and food, or I've got a story called uh, the Soup Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, which one should
0: we hear like? both? Yeah, yeah, of we yeah, both? Yeah. yeah. I um, want to hear about Rat Boy
1: yeah mm-hmm. Rat boy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, oh, it's, good. It's, good, right? it's a good rat it's good name, yeah. There is a lovely delicacy in this part of the world called blood pudding. Yep. White pudding, oh, that's black so pudding. So good Emily. That's delicious. so good. Former vegetarian.
0: <laughs> oh f- oh. It's delicious. Yeah, it's good. really good for you. Do you
1: like black pudding or do you prefer white pudding yourself? I'm black pudding. All the I'm, way.
0: I like white pudding. See, this is why we can't be friends. <gasps>
1: we, we just can't have breakfast together. That's, <laughs> That's it. it. That's we just the can't theory. have breakfast. What it's... is white pudding?
2: I mean, I, I, I know what it is to look at, but I know black pudding is from blood. Yeah. Blood, so yeah. what
1: makes the white pudding white? Is I think just... an awful lot of people assume it's the different cells of the blood being <laughs> used in different bits. I imagine it's down to Are there more animal fat been thrown in Or more of the oats thrown in as well
0: It's yeah mm-hmm. it's instead of blood It's like I don't really know I think I've had it answered Because my stepdad was a butcher and I think oh. he's oh, answered God. it For me as well but like I can't remember yeah. I don't know but that's the thing Because I don't really know what it is I don't want to yeah.
1: But that's that's Any, what I always find I really it interesting is. It's kind of like I mean, we really like Enjoy these like the food themselves But if you even investigate how what The procedure that goes into making it oh yeah like the idea is like because blood pudding it's another kind of sausage meat kind of thing you don't want to know how they make the sausages yeah yeah you really don't it'll put you off sausages for life (laughs) kind of thing but what i'm always interested about especially when you read up stories about um irish customs when it comes to milk and buttermilk. They literally use every single part of the food that they can. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the bread's gone stale for the last two weeks, you still chuck it out and either let the cattle have it or give it as an offering to the fairies. Or
0: like the, the French make uh, French toast. Yeah, exactly that yeah. as well. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, and I, I find that the remnants of whatever is used in the for the sausage meat that they put into and just leave it over for the blood pudding because it's made in a very similar way. Um, it takes the intestines of a cow and you get pigs' blood, cows' blood, oatmeal, bone marrow, and you shove it onto a mixture into Are bovins' okay? intestines. It
0: sounds delicious, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> oh, I usually add sound effects with it as well, but I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to upset squilch, our host, who's squilch, squilch, looking squilch, taking very good squilch, care squilch. of us with coffee and cake. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and up. my stepdad eats blood pudding or black yeah. pudding raw. Oh! After God. a night out on pints, oh. he says the best thing for you is to just slice off a bit of. Black pudding
1: and oh, eat it raw. I could. Oh, I could not eat it raw. <laughs> I could not. Oh no, I need it like. This is gonna sound extremely childish. I need to douse it in ketchup or butter, mm. and that's how I can eat it
0: next book. Right. I could not eat it raw. God, he's oh, yeah, God, he's a seen strong him man. At about two o'clock in the morning, like, <laughs> just go fifty <laughs> pints in him. Yeah. Just have him. yeah. Anyway, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. I just,
1: I've just have just got this image of him in the in his in the head just breaking the blood pudding apart. going... <laughs> yeah. Into yeah. Oh, my God, he's a strong man. Okay. um, Yeah, so with this blood pudding, what I, what I love about it is that you're using all of the leftover bits in it as well. And that's what leprechauns and solitary fairies, these creatures were really, really good at, was collecting as much of the food on ground level as they could. So whatever gets chucked out the next morning from making it, they turned into something. The story isn't just about a fair daric. It's also about a farm and family called the O'Hara's. Now... It's a very, very unusual story because it takes place about 10 miles outside of Mullet in County Mayo. And next to a mountain and a valley, there's that one lonesome cottage. And in the cottage, there's the farmer, Fergus O'Hara, his wife, Rose. And of course, the very, very, very much waited upon testing mother-in-law, Nora. (laughs) But uh, one night, Rose decides to make a bit of food for the three of them. And all she can find is a small pot of boiling potatoes. And sure, all she can season with are her salty tears. She cries out. (laughs) Look, are we ever going to have a time together when we can just be ourselves? Month in and month out, we literally only make pennies. Sure, is there any going to be a time when we can just depend on each other and not have to worry about anything else? And of course, Fergus, he does his best to look after the wife. He does his best to try and console her but in the background, just behind his ear, he can hear something awful. I can hear music. Shut up, Nora. I can hear music. Just shut up, you wagon of an old woman. Of course, Fergus could hear music playing, and so could Rose. Six started eyeballs roll up to the centre of their ceiling, and what did they see dangling down? But the tiniest old man they've ever seen. Red hat, red cape, white wishbiz beard indeed. And he starts playing music. He cries, Fergus, Fergus O'Hara, aren't you a lucky man indeed. But Nora was not impressed. She thought the devil was hanging from the ceiling. She began to bless herself, throw holy water round her place. She cries, it's the devil, it's the devil. Nora, would you shut up, you bloody woman, and listen to what the fear Derek has to say. Look, Fergus, i feel it awfully generous. I'd like to give yourself a wish. I'd like to give Rose a wish. And I'd like to give Nora a wish herself. Now, of course, Fergus, so happy, could have whatever he wants in this life. But as he was beginning to think what he could use his wish on, he saw the lips of his wife begin to move. Oh, I remember last Easter market. Sure didn't Emily Collins have the biggest blood pudding in her window. I wish I had that blood pudding cooking away in a brand new frying pan right here, right now. First wish granted and out of the air appears his frying pan, but sizzling cooking away is that blood pudding. But Fergus was not happy at all. You stupid, stupid woman. Do you ever think before you speak? Woman, you must have nothing but grey stuff in that skull of yours. As a lesson, I wish one end of that blood pudding gets attached to your nose. Second wish granted. And now the sizzling frying pan to the tip of Rose's nose is this blood puddin'? It's bulging, it's throbbing. She tries shaking her head but it won't come loose. But the meat inside, it's still cooking and cooking away. She tries pulling it away but it burns all the way down to the bones of her fingers. But then she can smell something different. Sure isn't it inside all of the juices of the meat are still cooking. It begins to burn the tip of, of poor Rose's nose. The sausage meat begins to cook the tip of Rose's nose. The worrying thing is, she could smell how delicious she was. But of course, Nora was not pleased. You brat of a man, Fergus O'Hara. I wish the other end of that blood pudding gets attached to your nose. Final wish granted. And these two are connected with a blood pudding on either end of their nose. They begin to crash into furniture, crash into bags of potatoes. All at the same time, the fair Derek, high in the sky, is laughing and laughing away to himself. Ah, Fergus, this is fun. He watches all of this mayhem take place. The two of them, they try to push each other away, but they keep pulling back. They try pushing each other away, but the sausage me keeps pulling them back indeed. But Fergus cries out, Nora, Nora, can you? not help us woman do something but she does her best she finds a knife and she begins to scrape the sausage meat from the tip of her daughter's nose but there she drops the knife with the sausage the blood pudding it lands in the ground but it's not alone it's covered in something else and when the two women see the center of Ferg's O'Hara's face He's not got anything like a nose. Nothing but red stuff coming out the centre of his face as this blood is oozing and oozing out of the centre of his face. There, these three don't know what to do, but they cry and scream. All at the same time, the fair Darek high in the sky is laughing and laughing to himself. Look, Fergus, you've been so much cracked today. Look, as a going away present, I'll give you a handful of herbs and shook some down, a handful of herbs. Shove, sure, shove that in the centre of your face and things might look okay in the morning. The fair Derek finishes playing a song on the pipes and there he leaves the family all together. These three look at each other wondering, is this real life or what's taking place? Fergus jumps for the handful of herbs and shoves it into the centre of his face. The next morning they wake up. Nora, she's a little bit shook but she knows she'll be fine. Now Rose does have a bit of bruising on the tip of her nose but she knows there is light at the end of that tunnel when Ferg's O'Hara saw his own reflection in the mirror, he couldn't believe it. No bruises, no scars, no blood at all. Just two giant holes where his nose used to be. And of course, when it comes to telling these stories, there is always that lesson of be careful what you wish for. But there is another side of it. Be careful of the mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's one of the, that's a story I tell. Um, on, as you probably can tell, on on the regular, but I love it to bits because it's just full of mayhem. Yeah, and you can use what I really love about Irish stories is that not only is food and hosting hospitality something that's a part of our culture, I also love the weird way we use food as well, <laughs> uh, because it's used in the most improper kind of ways as well. <laughs> like uh, another thing I love talking about is the use of cheese as well. Um, it's good to kill queens. Yes, it's a uh, hardened cheese could kill some of our famous queen, warrior queens. Mm-hmm. Or if you ever hear of a creature called the the Dullahan was the headless horseman. And it was said if the Dullahan ever, now you can correct me if I'm wrong here, um, would say your name, then you know you're being the wrong. You'd be the one who's next on the hit list. Mm-hmm. In his hand, he would have what either is described as a turnip or a hairy, very hard ball of cheese with lines that go through it. And this supposedly was the head of the Doolahan. The Doolahans
2: are also frightened by shiny things. Yes. What like the
0: headless horsemen. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Um, if, if you have like gold or silver or anything that sort of shines and reflects, they get startled by that.
0: Which I. But th- right. So what if you pick up the Banshee's comb? Oh. And then scare off the Doolahan. If Goula
2: you, you pick method. up to scare off the Doolahan, you've got rid of the Doolahan, but now the Banshee going to come. But then you
1: have the Banshee, and yeah, like, you I, I'd say always have a bucket of water by your side because <laughs> she doesn't like water. So I'd have that by your side just in case.
0: The one thing I couldn't get over from from that story you just told there is like, what a horrible man.
1: Yeah, he yeah. really, really yeah. is a brick. It's
0: like, literally like <laughs> cutting off your nose to spite your face.
1: Oh, totally. Like, quite. Literally. I didn't even think of that line. That's actually a really
0: good. life through himself. It, so. you know?
1: But it's, yeah, he's uh like, you can kind of see it's like he does just try his best to look after the wife because he knows he has to look after the wife and he knows he has to put up with the mother-in-law.
0: You're but be just so spiteful. Yeah. <laughs> By the end, you know, yes. it's
2: like. Oh, you wished for a sausage. Well, I am now going to very intentionally wish for it to be stuck to your nose.
0: Yeah. I To teach you know, Do like, a lesson. Yeah. Literally, she didn't wish for anything harmful. She just, yeah. Yeah. That's going to feed them for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Oh And they've got a yeah. brand new frying pan. And they've got a brand new frying exactly pan. Exactly.
1: Out of the entire thing, like. You know? And they got a new spell for the cottage as well, so they don't have to worry about potatoes. They don't have to worry about bogs or yeah. anything else. Mm. So, but yeah, yeah,
0: so like, th- because these stories are usually like from poorer people or like poorer families like folk tales and whatever and it's all about like wish fulfillment. You can really understand why they'd like wish for um you know like the big bl- uh, black pudding yeah, or yeah, like in Hansel and Gretel when they get lured in by like the beautiful oh, gingerbread, gingerbread house. house. Yeah. You know, it's like it can be used as a as a sort of wish fulfillment it's like oh you finally got all you wanted so you got the big feast and the yeah. mouth prince and whatever or like as a cautionary thing of like
2: be careful what you wish for yeah mm-hmm. or like don't nothing's for free
0: nothing's for free type of thing yeah you know and it's yeah. just using poor people yeah at their most vulnerable because yeah, in a lot of these fairy
2: tales there is this huge fear of starvation mm. yeah it's very prevalent and it, it's it like in Ireland we we're still going on about the famine mm-hmm, still not mm-hmm. got over it um but I'm sorry.
0: I'll get over it when our population is back to what it once
2: was. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we I don't have I enough room, more we do. We do. <laughs> uh, but in like mainland Europe, like in a lot of German stories, there's was huge fear of famine because oh. there were a load of a load of famines, a load of plagues, a load of droughts, and this. We don't get it so much in the Irish stories. Um, this fear of being driven to cannibalism. Uh, But in like particularly like the Brothers Grimm stories, there's always this this fear of we're gonna run out of food, we're gonna be forced to eat each other. Yes, Yes. really prevalent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like the reward at the end is it's food. It's food. food.
2: You know, is having enough food that you won't be driven to eat each other. Your brother. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's very. Yeah, yeah, that's actually
1: that because it's it's one of those things of from the few stories I've come across. Uh, when it comes to the Irish stories it's not like we're sort of wanting to eat each other for to survive and things like that like is it's more of like the grim ones that you said um but there's stories that I've, I've found and especially stories that I've heard from other storytellers and it's basically it's just them hiding bodies and that's why they decide <laughs> to eat them um <laughs> uh, one way to get rid of it yeah exactly hide all the remain hide all the remains and Hopefully you don't fall in love with a random fairy woman in the middle of the street, and then she expulses all of it out of you. you've God. Yeah, God. indeed. And it's a lovely image, I know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think that like starvation thing's quite prevalent in, like, English. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Folk yeah. tales as well. Maybe yeah. that came from the Germanic. Oh, it's, well, it's, so, it's
2: sort of all over the place because there, there has always been this fear of famine, plague, pestilence, mm-hmm. death, running out of food. Yeah, and it's just
0: interesting that we don't have it as, as
2: yeah we have the fear of starvation but we don't seem to have as much cannibalism though I think there was some evidence of that during the the potato famine the great famine in Ireland that there was I s- I heard it from someone who that there had been some study that they had theories that there might have been some survival cannibalism going on but... Yeah mm. yeah
0: yeah I would definitely believe yeah, that Yeah
2: yeah but it it doesn't it, at least not in the stories I've come across it doesn't seem to be as as big a, a fear of being eaten
0: mm-hmm. yeah it really doesn't yeah
1: there's actually uh, there is a set of stories that come from like of course after the famine there was many 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 stories that people had and shared around but there is always that story of the hungry grass as well oh yeah is that there the sites of where the bodies of those from the famine times you couldn't walk past walk past um hungry grass without having a bit of food in your pocket and I can't remember um oh there was some Irish figure who did it he walked past hungry grass with a few um slices of bread in his pocket mm-hmm. or even just some crusts or something he had and by the time he crossed the hungry grass where all of the bodies are laid to rest on the other side there was no food left in his pocket there was just a few crumbs because it said certain places would... Go searching for any food that they could.
0: Oh,
1: kind of thing. So there's meant to be like there's still meant to be like good number of sites mm-hmm. that are the hungry grass sites.
0: Oh well, yeah, like fam- yeah, like like fam- oh gosh, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like and the there is that
2: one story I can't remember who she was, but it was uh it's sort of semi historical, not but a a woman who during not the famine but another famine. <laughs> Actually, you, you, we talk about the potato famine, but just uh about a hundred years before there was the great famine. Which was throughout all of Europe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Which doesn't yeah. get talked about as much, but in that, like a third of Europe, died.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, like the potato famine was was prevalent in Europe as well. Yeah. It wasn't just. It wasn't just us. It, it wasn't just, just us. us. It was because of the the farming and the land laws yeah. in Ireland that it was yeah. so
2: um. Yeah, our socio political system, penal laws.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it was a story that uh, a woman she had um she had been so hungry that she'd she'd seen the body of a a child and she she started to gnaw on it. But then she got a taste for it, and so she would start luring children into her home, and you know, kill them and cook them up. And when she was brought to trial, she said when they asked her why were you doing this? There was plenty of food other places. Why did you kill these children? She's like, if you have ever tasted the flesh of a boy. Oh, it is sweeter than butter and cream, more juicy than pork or beef. There is nothing in this world as delicious as the flesh of a young boy. Yeah, just because I have to introduce cannibalism somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Emily. No, I love, love that. I like that. It's in one of the books. Ask Mark, you will know about
0: it. Oh, okay. It's an Irish one, isn't yeah. it? Mental.
1: Oh, that's insane. Yeah. But the, the fact that you have so a clear description of what human boy flesh
2: tastes mm. like not not older men not girls just no, 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 young just, yeah, boys, yeah. boys yeah yeah i don't oh. think humans would be very tasty I th-
1: i'd say i'd have i've had this conversation with one of the storytellers in work <laughs> because we were we were killed in a bit of time in the gift shop there was no one around for a while and we were thinking oh yeah he'd be kind of, like he would be like the nicest we came up with a list actually yeah. No. In
0: Wait, work. What of you'd eat for yes. in work, like, in if, work like, who would you eat on one of our, yeah.
2: if on one of our field trips we like ended up in like strand in the
1: Andes who would you eat first?
0: I'm sorry, but you go. Where do you guys go for your field trips? Uh, like Mullingar, Kerry. Mulingar, yeah. No,
1: we 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 went up to was it? We went up to Sligo to see Sligo. the oh, Carraun yeah, nothing Queen Sligo like. But then, but then all of a sudden, like you could you'd turn a corner and then you could just to... land in the middle of the the like the waters next to Bulban You know, just yeah, don't know. yeah, that's
0: it. You'll be stranded up Belbub Ben Bulbin, and you. Oh, this is
1: coming to... from a Dublin girl, okay? I don't <laughs> know how to get around the country, um. But yeah, we were joking about this in work, and I was kind of like, because we have some people who do swim. Myself, I do a bit of kickboxing, and then other people they're just big into the marathon running as well. Nice. I, be like, I
2: like to sit. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. But you should so you've got a your, nice marble. but You saying? should <laughs> taste Emily's cooking. <laughs> if there's a little bit of crackling in there, do beware, it could be young boys. <laughs> <laughs> as well. <laughs> or that as oh, well. <laughs> okay,
0: let's
2: get off the cannibalism topic. Yes, okay.
1: <laughs> Um. Actually, one story I was curious, if it's got been mentioned on the podcast yet or not, is The Brewing of the Eggshells.
2: No, actually, we haven't.
1: Yeah, that one. It's um, it's a, uh, I, I can't remember if it's strictly Scottish or Irish.
2: I th- I think it's, there's variants of it in, like, I heard a Cornish variant. And
0: oh.
1: It, it it seems to be a common changeling motif. That guy in the way as well um we there's a version of the changeling story so from the first episode of this podcast you got to hear the girls the shadow gals talk about uh, what a changeling was and the fear of the changeling and the fear of the other coming into your home and there was many many ways of finding out if your unruly child was actually a changeling and there is this very quick story of uh, a woman goes to a wise woman says look the child can't stop crying my child can't stop eating food I'm literally torn to shreds here with feeding this child. Is this a human child or is this something else? And she says, okay, always unruly, always crying, always asking more food. You might have one of the other kind with you. (laughs) But I tell you this, go home tonight, make sure that the child can see you cooking a pot of um, eggs. All you must do first is crack all the egg yolks and throw it onto the ground, only boiling the eggshells. And so they're intrigued by this. So she goes home that night, puts the child quite close to the stove, begins to crack all of these eggs on the floor to make sure that this creature, child, changeling, whatever it is, can see that there's this waste of food being done. Throw the egg yolks, throw the egg whites, all sorts onto the ground, but only in the boiling pot. Season it. Bit of salt and only eggshells. And then after, like, say a dozen of these eggs go through, the child stands up it's like. Of my five hundred and forty years on this planet, I've never seen such a waste of food in all my <laughs> life. And then, of course, with the child speaking like that, you Neil know, was one of the older fairy folk. Yeah, I was changeling. So then, of course, there was procedures that went on to get rid of the changeling. Um, but it's a uh, it's a really really fun story because everybody likes to do a changeling voice that bit different yeah, <laughs> as yeah, well. Yeah. Indeed. But it's a uh, it goes back into the time thing of thinking again again of. The waste of the food, which is very, very, like, rare to find.
0: Yeah, and, like... Only
1: in extreme cases, like.
0: Even even changelings couldn't stand that amount of food being we Yeah, that kind you of know? Way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it would reliable. bring them out of their shell, um, so to
1: speak. Mm, indeed. Yeah. Um, um, so, what's so your story? I'm dying to hear what your story is. Oh,
0: it's the Salmon of Knowledge, guys! Yay! Yay! Yay. Um, this right. is one of my favourite stories after Coo I think I love the seminar knowledge. So long ago, when Fionn Cool, the great leader of the Fianna of Ireland, was still a young boy, he was sent to live with a very wise man named Finnegus. Finnegus was a poet who lived on the banks of the River Boyne and was renowned throughout Ireland for his vast knowledge, as well as being renowned for his skills in composing and reciting poetry. Finnegus knew more about the ways of the world, including the secrets of the birds and animals and plants and stars than any other man in Ireland. It was because of his vast knowledge that Fionn had been sent to learn from Finnegus. Fionn loved to listen to the old man's wonderful stories and his many words of wisdom, which he too, in time, would learn to recite. In exchange for the wisdom, Finnegus would pass on to him. Uh, in exchange for the wisdom, Finnegus would pass on to him. Fionn would help him about the house, cooking, cleaning, and fishing for the old man. However. Despite Finnegus's vast knowledge, he did not know everything, and there were times when Fionn's endless curiosity got the better of him, and he was left unable to answer the young boy's questions. "'Is there a way to know everything?' Fionn asked him. This was a question that Finnegas had asked once too, and was the very reason why he now lived next to the river Boyne. It had been told by the druids of old that living in a still dark pool in the shade of the overhanging hazel trees was the salmon of knowledge. It was a result of eating the nuts of these magical hazel trees that the salmon had acquired all the knowledge of the world. And so it was that, according to the prophecy, the one who would eat the salmon would would gain the knowledge for themselves. Finnegus had been living on the edge of the river for several years now, attempting to catch the salmon and gain such wisdom. It so happened that one day, not long after Fionn had come to study under him, the Finnegus went fishing and finally caught the salmon. I've caught it, I've caught it, he cried happily. He he immediately reeled it in and ran up to Fionn with the salmon in his arms. You must cook it straight away, Finnegas ordered Fionn, dancing and skipping with excitement. As Fionn began to set up the fire and spit in order to cook the salmon, Finnegus warned him, Cook it, but whatever you do, do not eat a single bit of it. Fionn nodded and went about cooking the salmon while Finnegus went to fetch some extra firewood. Upon his return, Finnegus found the salmon laid out and ready, uh, nice and ready to eat. He looked at Fionn and thought he saw something different about him, as though the light of wisdom now shone in his eyes. "'Have you eaten any of the salmon?' he asked Fionn anxiously. "'I have not,' Fionn replied. "'Have you tasted its skin?' he continued to inquire. "'I have not,' Fionn replied. "'But when I was turning it on the spit,' I burned my finger, so I put my thumb into my mouth to ease the pain. Finnegus's heart sank. That's enough, he told Fionn. You have tasted the salmon of knowledge. In you the prophecy is fulfilled. You are the one who has gained all the knowledge in the world. He then ordered Fionn to eat all of the salmon. However, when Fionn was finished, he realised he didn't feel much different, nor did he feel any wiser than before. When he told this to Finnegus, Finnegus replied, If it was your thumb you first burnt, then place it in your mouth. Fionn did as Finnegus suggested, and immediately all the knowledge of the world rushed into his head. You must go now. There is nothing more I can teach you, Finnegus informed him. You are destined to become a wise poet, warrior and leader. And so it was that when Fionn grew up, He did indeed become a wise poet, warrior and leader. He became a great leader of the Fina, the greatest band of warriors Ireland has ever known.
2: Yay. Ooh. But whenever he needed to know something, he had to suck his thumb.
0: Yeah,
1: that's it. Or he could heal people as well. So if he could carry water from wells, and as long as his thumb was stuck into that water, he could heal people as well.
0: Handy. Handy, isn't it? I just feel so bad for Finnegas. I know. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I
1: and saying next to those hazel trees as well. Like, yeah, you're just thinking, like, yeah. it's like, today might be the day. Today, today might, might be... be the day. Yeah. A oh, feck uh, What fire, did what? you get
0: the story from? Askaboutireland.ie. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <woo>. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it, it just really strikes me that, you know, when you try and teach the, the youth, da the youth, something, the youth. you know, like they're always going to sort of run paces around you and it's yeah. kind of like our own fatal flaw in a way. Mm-hmm. that like the people who come after us are always going to be smarter mm-hmm. but it's always better you know mm. for the and for the growth of the planet you know you know salmon is an oily fish lots of omega mm-hmm. three yeah it's got mm-hmm. some really basic sort of like nutritional info in there you yeah. know like hazelnuts real good for you salmon's real good for you makes you smart what
1: kind of way you should be cooking it as well you know? just get the most flavor out of yeah, it yeah, exactly. you know exactly Maybe yeah. not, you know, injuring yourself to get there. But, yeah. you know, it still tastes lovely. Maybe <laughs>
2: don't leave the young child in charge of the cooking of the salmon. They might burn themselves. Yeah. How old was he in that story again? Was it young? Seven?
0: He was young. He was about seven, I think. Oh. Sorry, oh. I'm eating lemon drizzle cake. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I was eating your brownie while you were telling the story. <laughs> I do want to try your mom's lemon cake. Oh.
0: Yeah, I always feel real bad for Finnegas. But, yeah. whatevs.
2: I suppose he took it stoically.
0: As any good stoic would.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, you can cook salmon in a dishwasher. What? What? I've been told this. If you wrap it in tinfoil and put it in a dishwasher, you can poach it. Uh, I, I I don't know if you can also wash dishes while doing this, but I've been told you can. Um, if you have like, if you're cooking like a whole, a whole salmon because they're, they're quite big fish, mm-hmm. and you don't have a dish big enough, you can use a dishwasher.
0: Surely, don't put any like detergent. Yeah, anything, I, I think you you're know?
2: not meant to, and I think you're meant to like wrap it tightly in tinfoil or something. But uh, yeah. If anyone's ever tried cooking salmon in a dishwasher, please let us know.
0: I suppose it would it be like sous vide cooking.
2: Maybe, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah, yeah like poaching or sous vide yeah. or something.
2: I know, I've just I haven't done it, but I've been told. I don't really like salmon.
0: Right. Extra bonus episode for our <laughs> Patreon members. <laughs> we're going to read tea leaves and cook salmon. In. No, we're not. Oh, yeah. Emily. Come on. No, no, no. Read tea biscuits.
2: Read tea biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to read salmon and poach dishwashers. <laughs> Salmon and poach tea. We do yeah, have a yeah. Patreon though.
0: <laughs> we do have we do, a nice we do. segue into
2: that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like we, we've got rewards. We put up like little, um, you can sometimes hear one of the stories a bit early. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, if you become a certain patron, we'll send you postcards. Yeah.
1: yeah and lads and girls and everybody in between. One of the also the utiers as well is that Emily will personally carve out a silhouette from one of the shadow puppets. From shadow, Puppet hear me? Um, from the shadow, from the tales of the shadows, um, shadow puppetry performances as well. So seriously, like, have a go there. Handmade everything, and um, yeah. If you, we've seen the postcards, and they're really, really special. Yeah, Um, And to our patrons, thank you so much for so. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We
0: really, really appreciate it. And if you like what we do, uh, if you like our podcast, and you have a few euro or dollars or whatever spare at the end of the month. Sure, throw them our way. Yeah, really, really appreciate it.
2: And uh, if you don't, that's grand. Um, Just enjoy the show. Enjoy the show, yeah. and if you could give us a a rating, a review, a mm-hmm. subscribe, whatever the yeah. whatever the thing is on yeah. the app you're listening to, that'll be great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And get in contact with us. We, yeah, we, we'd yeah. like to hear from you.
0: Yes. we got please. a great um, l- uh, message on Facebook this week from one of our lovely listeners. Oh, oh yes. yes, did about, you see
2: it? Um, I saw the one, I can't remember her name, but she sent a message about, she would uh, very much enjoyed the gender non-conforming and mm-hmm. about The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Which yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I haven't read The Wizard of Oz books. My my knowledge of The Wizard of Oz is mostly confined to Judy Garland and Wicked. Mm-hmm. But that there is a character who is essentially a trans character. They're, yeah. they're raised as one gender and then um, come into come who into they truly are, gender. which is different to how they were raised.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which,
2: yeah. And that was a lovely message. Thank you for sending it It was out. a really, really lovely
0: message. Really informative. Yeah. Uh, so if you know anything about food yourself yeah. or yeah. anything that we spoke about at all, please do get in contact. We love, love reading your messages. We and
1: we, re- we really, really do want to hear from you because it's what makes this podcast so great is that this is a group of friends recounting stories that we love telling. So the only way for us to get to know more is to get, you, get to know you guys better and become better friends as well. So I do if we've got the podcast to join. There's we've got the Instagrams, we've got the Facebooks and mm-hmm.
0: all. Emily, um, do you want to take us away? Oh well, what yes, do, what do you do. Oh God, but I don't <laughs> no. know. Um, I honestly don't know. It's something like Tales Shadows. Tales yeah, from
2: the Shadows. On, on, <laughs> our podcast is called Sounds from the Shadows. Our theatre group is called Tales from the Shadows. This has got confusing. So on Twitter we are at Tales Shadows. Mm-hmm. On Instagram and Facebook we are at Tales from the Shadows. Our email address is talesfromtheshadows at gmail.com. There's a link in the description thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: And <laughs> the cookbook so is also being still in process as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. Um, great. Thank yeah. you so much. We've yeah, been nice. the Shadow Gals. Uh, I've been Orla Devlin.
2: I've been Deirdre Quinn. I've been Emily. And the dog has been
0: Mimi. Thank you so much, Mimi, for all your contributions today. She yes, snored really surprisingly it. little. So we will see you next time. Very, very soon. Bye. Bye.